This is Are You Future Ready? Advancing Your Professional Development, a podcast series for anyone who wants to grow and excel in their career or in life. I'm your host, Amy Parker, the Department of Veterans Affairs Chief Learning Officer. This week, we are joined by Mr. Harvey Johnson, the Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Office of Resolution Management, Diversity and Inclusion. We know fondly as ORMDI. Mr. Johnson began his career by serving 20 years as an officer in the U.S. Army. After his retirement in 2008, he joined the Department of Defense, serving as the director of the Defense Travel Office until he was called to serve the VA in 2015. Now, as the Deputy Assistant Secretary for ORMDI, he is responsible for the for formulating and implementing department-wide policies and procedures to ensure the integrity, effectiveness, and impartiality of the complaints his office receives. Mr. Johnson is a certified life coach and a seasoned executive leader in promoting race and gender equity, resolving conflict, building a diverse and inclusive organization wherever it may be, and strategic planning. And we're so lucky to have you here with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, this is going to be a fun session. <laughs> so I was wondering, you know, it must have been interesting to go from working in commercial travel to the Office of Resolution Management, the name of the office when you first joined. And um, what helped you decide to make that change? You know, Amy, bottom line is I, I trust my instinct. You know, I spend a lot of time resonating within. I, I do that daily. And I ask myself, where do I want to be? Um, and when the opportunity came up, and I say opportunity because it was presented to me, I thought, wow, everything about it just sounded great. Could you tell us just a little bit more about the work you do at ORMDI? We're not just complaints. You know, a lot of times people think EEO or they limit it to diversity and inclusion. But what I think we're really about is helping the VA build healthy organizations. Now, what's a healthy organization? A healthy organization to me is where every employee become their higher self. And, and what you're doing is you're inviting everybody to the table. You're inviting everybody to play. You're removing those barriers and you're liberating people. You're, you're giving every human being, every employee the right to become their higher self. Now, whether they choose to do that, that is on them, but there are no systemic barriers in place. If you told me I could do that for a living, sign me up. And that, again, going back to your earlier question, is why I'm here. Yeah, and it sounds like you have some passion around it. Are you consciously working on your passions when you're in this, this role you have? I am. I think the two greatest moments are the day you're born and the day you realize why you're born. Once you realize why you're born, that's when you align to your passion. The day you align with your passion, everything changes because now your work, your play, your, your life is structured on what you're meant to do. So for me, that was the day again when, when I asked myself, what is it I want to do? And for me, it's what I'm doing today. And I am aligned with my passion. If I were not doing this job, I would do it when I get off. You know, this would be my hobby. And so you identified your passion. Tell us a little bit more maybe about the process of that. You have to spend time with yourself, right? You know, it was Ernest Hemingway. He has a great quote that I love. There's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. With that said, I had to ask, 
You know, what is it that Harvey Johnson wants to do? I can only help our world by becoming my higher self. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to do. So every day when I look in the mirror, am I growing? Am I evolving? I, I journal a lot. So I sit down and I ask myself, what is it I want? And the universal law of attraction provides that we are creators. We create with our every thought. Our thoughts, feelings, words, and actions produce energy and attract like energies. So I have to ask my, the audience, what are your thoughts? What is it you're giving energy to? And my call to action for everyone that can hear my voice is to take time and reflect, resonate within, and not only ask yourself, but document what is your purpose? What's your calling? Write it down. I cannot tell you how important that is. What if your passion is something non-work related or above or below the line, maybe? Any tips for how to prioritizing fostering that passion while still developing professionally in a work setting? Well, let me say this. When you say above and below the line, if I were in an auditorium with everybody, I would draw that line, a horizontal line on a whiteboard. And above it, I would write love. And below it, I would write hate. And then I would ask the audience, give me words synonymous with love. And typically I get words like uh, happiness, joy, empathy, compassion. And I always put conscious there. Then I would do the same with hate. Give me words synonymous with hate. And I would get fear, envy, anger, jealousy, ego, pride. And I put drifting. And, and I purposely put conscious and drifting. Because in order to stay above the line, you have to be conscious. Because things will naturally draw you below the line. So if you're below the line, you, know, you can't align with your passion. Because it's, it's at the expense of other people. Above the line is where we become productive to society. And that's where you have to stay. Now, if you have something, and and Amy, I got to tell you, I don't know what that would be. So I would love to hear from the audience. What is above the line that's not work related? I sat down with a listener poet once and I thought, what is a listener poet? And she said, I'm a poet. I'm going to interview you. And she took the words that I said, she coalesced them and she made them into a poem. Now, when I graduated from school, I didn't see that as a career choice, you know? <laughs> no, me <laughs> neither. That just, yeah, that just goes to show, though, what is out there that you can't align with your passion? I love the way you said that. And I've made some career moves. I've shared those before with VA employees. They haven't been linear in every way. They've almost seemed like jagged jumps in different directions. You know, I was a chef uh, as my first career. And then I was in a, I was in a job in a big building in Arlington, Virginia, and I wasn't having the best time. And I remembered my passion. And then I found a volunteering opportunity. Then I remembered, gosh, how much I enjoyed working with children. What if you see when your passion is changing? And do you have any recommendations on helping our audience work through that? So what I would tell you is when the passion changes, and, and you read my bio, um, you know, and, and DOD, I was in charge of commercial travel. Here I'm in charge of resolution management, diversity, and inclusion. When my passions changed, so did I. And I had fun doing that job. I loved my last job. I did. And it, it, it took something great to make me to leave. Um, but again, I trust my inner voice, which told me this sounds like the right opportunity. The biggest thing that holds people down is fear. You know, I don't want to make a mistake. I, I can tell you, Amy, 
I could care less about mistakes. I really don't care about them. Um, one of my favorite things, and everybody has it in their house, is WD-40. And that stands for Water Displacement 40th Attempt. Now, what if they had stopped after 17, right? We wouldn't have this great product. Yeah, so so sure. failing is not bad. <laughs> so your passion now about helping to create, helping others to create a diverse, inclusive, you and I have also, I think, in conversations added civil. I'm excited to have this opportunity to talk about this next section. Equality versus equity. Um, you know, as it relates to being a leader at VA and supporting our teams and coworkers, you have, I think this one belongs to you, you've coined this phrase around conscious idea. Conscious idea is conscious inclusion, diversity, equity, and access. Um, conscious idea is the bedrock of our nation's democracy as I look at it. Our, our nation's people, our veterans, our employees, our students, Every one of us deserves an ambitious, conscious idea agenda that matches the uh, scale of the challenges we face. It, and I, I happened to read this the other day, and it just blew me away. The French philosopher Horatio Gates famously said, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Well, across BA, we are now introducing conscious idea because the time has come where this must be woven into the very fabric of everything we do. I heard you talk about equality versus equity a little bit. So equality is giving people the same thing, whereas equity is giving people what they need to be successful. So when you look at conscious idea, we want a diverse population that reflects the communities we serve, diversity is being invited to the game, inclusion is being asked to play, equity is giving people the resources they need uh, and the access to it. Why would we not want to embrace conscious idea for everyone, because you'll never get to your higher self if there are systemic barriers in place. So can the conscious idea framework be used outside of the workplace? I believe it's about our world, um, because it does VA no good to embrace conscious idea and the rest of the world not. But to do that, we have, you know, how do we supplant deeply ingrained beliefs? How do we eradicate that fear-based mind, one that may have been taught to believe all people are not created equal? Conscious idea is about putting that out there. And when I do that, I don't isolate anybody. I don't say that this population deserves it more than this population. Because the one thing we all have in common is we're all human beings. E pluribus unum, it's, it's Latin for out of many one. It, it was the founding motto of our nation. Well, in 2021, we can learn that again. E pluribus unum, we are one VA of many races, genders, religions, etc. but we are one VA serving our customers. And that is the only way we will be effective as an organization. It is our differences that make us the strongest. Absolutely. What would you recommend for us if we're going to go about measuring our diversity and inclusion? You know, so often in VA, people think of us as taking the, the temperature uh, of our patients. And I do believe we also need to take our cultural health temperature. And there are a number of ways to do that. Um, certainly, you look at things like the all-employee survey um, for me, I look at how many uh, complaints did we get in EEO this year? Uh, you can look at whistleblower. You can look at absenteeism. There's a number of things you can look at to see, are we in a healthy environment? Are we attracting 
the, the Gen Zers? Are they choosing us? These things all speak to our brand. And, and I'm glad to see that VA is constantly improving in best places to work. Irreversible momentum is what we need when it comes to conscious idea and all of these things. I could not agree more. This is going to cultural health too. So how do you think we're doing today? And any tips for whether you're a leader or whether you're a frontline contributor to support better cultural health? Amy, I believe we are seeing revolutionary changes across VA. When I look at the messages coming from Secretary McDonough, when I look at task force standing up, when more and more people start to understand what Conscious Idea is about, when I see these special emphasis programs blossoming, you start to realize that change is, is coming. You know, it's, it's here. And I think now is the time um, the momentum of the moment, this point of inflection is so very right. And here's the other thing. Not everybody has to be a leader because every leader needs, you know, loyal, dedicated, hardworking followers. So if you don't want to lead and you're a behind the scenes person, go find and attach yourself to one of these leaders and be part of something great. Absolutely. I would also like to say I support Federal Women Patch. Maybe you've earned because I recall that you were the supportive leader behind that group getting started. And I want to recognize how important that is to have not just women leaders, but male leaders support because th those ideas, they, that's how they gain momentum. That's how they are really blossoming. Amy, I have to echo that point because anytime I go to a special emphasis program, whether it's, uh, you know, women, uh, Asian American Pacific Islanders, uh, Black history, the last thing I want to see is an auditorium full of people simply indigenous to that group. The, the more eclectic the audience, the better. When I go to events that I am not familiar with, I learn so much. And that is the only way I can learn, you know, cultural humility, empathy and love for those who are not, who I don't, who don't identify like me. It is so important to do that. So for me, you better believe I'm going to be at the Federal Women's Program, Asian American Pacific Islander, and every other program because I'm there to learn and hear their story, their journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to plug my summer reading list, which is available to VA employees on our SharePoint site. One of the books on that list is by an author who champions the habit of staying curious that links to humility. And it's just exactly as you described it. What can I learn? What can I open myself up to, to be participating in these different ways? I, will, I haven't read that one, but I will. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so... Diversity and inclusion initiatives within an organization can also lead to greater performance and productivity. The research is solid, it's irrefutable. Attracting and retaining a highly talented workforce is another benefit. A workplace where innovation thrives and more opportunities to address the needs of the diverse customers. What can VA employees do to support your office's mission, ORMDI? I think that's where the consciousness comes uh, about. If you drift, you're going to build homogeneous organizations. It's, it's human instinct. It's only natural to succumb to the affinity like me bias. It's through that conscious, elevated, heightened awareness that we start to embrace 
idea, right? Um, it's something you have to think about when we're recruiting, when we're hiring, when we're uh, looking at the operations, the budget. So for me, there's that old saying, right? Um, say, I say it's important. Behave. I walk the walk and then operate. And that's where we have to do. We have to operate in that manner. And again, operating is dedicating those resources. It's making sure your hiring panels are diverse. How am I including everybody in my organization? And it's being conscious of that and thought of those things. And so we're going to pretend that every VA leader is listening to this podcast. You can speak directly to them. What do you want to tell them? You don't have to be an expert in this topic. And I think sometimes that holds people back. They say, well, you know, I haven't read the book or I haven't had the training. You don't have to. Um, you just simply have to want to help people, I think. If you care about people and you want to help them, start the conversations. Uh, you can do that in small groups, large groups. And then what you do is you talk about topics. You talk about world events. You talk about VA events. And you seek input. And, and what you'll find is you don't have to be an expert in it. You know, as long as you have certain guiding principles, do no harm, operate above the line, and you have constructive conversations, the employees that you work with will contribute to that. And as a leader, you simply have to champion those ideas. Don't wait to be an expert in it. Just have those conversations, open it up, and see what leaders come forth in the light. Yeah. Yeah, these insights about how we can all reflect on our mindsets and then take the personal responsibility to be part of a more inclusive culture here at VA, it's so important. I'm with you. I think the revolution is starting and it's exciting to be seeing the changes that are that are happening. And then your passion around this conscious idea, it's infectious. That that's really what it is. And I think that's how it's it's catching fire so fast. Our listeners, I think, are going to be inspired today to take your advice, to pursue and find their own passion and contribute to the conscious idea and build better cultural health with diversity and inclusion. So what is your vision or dream for VA's future as it relates to the inclusivity of our workforce? I have two ways to answer that, Amy. The first is in a time where we seem to have extreme polarization, there's violence, there's hatred, we must shift and practice extreme forgiveness. In a time where we have five generations of employees in the workplace, we must learn to coexist. And in order to coexist, we must learn to forgive and accept. Forgiving so radically requires this deep maturity, grace, and mercy. Um, forgiving will start the healing process in 2021. I see us headed in that direction. It's time for people to, to voice their opposition and take action and stand against disruptive behavior. We all want this civil, enlightened, equitable society. And if you want, I can share my dream with you as well. That would be the second part of the answer. Yes, I was hoping you would say that. Okay. So in October 2020, last year, I sat with a listener poet, Jenny Hagelin, and she interviewed me. And she captured my words in a poem. So this is my dream for our VA. The VA of the future I see is the VA I want it to be. I see a VA where 100% of our people are physically and psychologically safe. I see a VA that's diverse, inclusive, and fairly represents those we serve in our communities. I see a VA where not only doctors, but all of us find our purpose in helping to heal our veterans. I see a VA where we're asking, what about cultural health as much as we're taking physical temperatures? I see a VA 
where millennials and Gen Zers choose us because there's no other rational choice. I see a VA where employees are free to innovate, not trapped by dogma. I see a VA with less structure, hierarchy, rules, more openness, inclusion, principles, acceptance. I see a scientific VA, an intelligent VA, a microcosm of our nation holding hands. I see a VA that's evolving, transforming, progressing into alignment, civility, conscious idea. I see us awakening, reimagining, reemerging from a slumber into our role in a new enlightened era. Always walking in kindness. We've got this. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Man. That is my dream, baby. <laughs> that is awesome. I do want to ask one more question. Before we wrap up we, with each of our guests, we usually ask where they can go to, to see other materials if they want to do a little more studying, a little more learning. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners today? Support your special emphasis programs. Um, I went to two of them yesterday, and I, I heard people that brought the audience to tears uh, because they were so powerful. Um, they have some of the greatest speakers attend those programs. So I would tell you, that's one way to do it across VA. Neat. I love what you shared. Thank you, Amy. It is always a pleasure to team up with you. Likewise, Harry. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Are You Future Ready? Advancing Your Professional Development. To find the resources highlighted today, check out the blog linked in this episode's show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share this episode with a colleague, friend, or on your LinkedIn network.